podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Because he never lands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Short and snappy, short because, and sweet. Because of a slight <laughs> error with me hitting record on this, we did hear the intro to that joke once, and I still didn't actually. I thought it would have given it away. Line. I thought it would have given it away, no. but no. No, it's it's nearly killed Barreto. He's 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 had to mute his mic to basically cry a little bit. <laughs> I have cried it, a but, little um, bit. It's the kind of joke I know. Bit. See, now I'm just leaning into what Barreto likes here. It's the kind of joke Barreto loves. You know. Um, yeah, but I'm all for that, Nate, because it's all about yeah, no, the score. Like, I can't even speak. <clears throat> I know. It's I've lost my voice. I thought it was. I mean, I what? thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was going to get this out of you. I want to know how and why it has somehow just killed Lawrence because <laughs> we had a little chat before we start recording he was absolutely fine and now he's gone to pieces I don't know this is embarrassing what a way to end I think season. I think after such a long time doing this Lawrence is starting to get stage fright you know when he's on <laughs> we start the show we hit record and suddenly he he just loses he bottles it you know I'm, I'm worried about you man I think you need the off season to just kind of get yourself back on on track um but yeah, but no, well, you but... guys are big time, right? I'm with such big personalities, so it's quite a stressful experience. Thank you, mate. Says the guy who's always getting asked for autographs and photos. <laughs> I still <laughs> haven't been asked for an autograph at an F1 event yet, so when that happens, it'll be a big, big trio. But uh... mate, it's only a matter of time. You're the face of ESPN now. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's a bit, bit mean to Lawrence Edmondson, but um, we're the faces. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was about to. I was about to say. I was about to be like, what's the what's the plural of face? Is it feces? And then I realised that's not the. F- <laughs> I was going to be like, we are the feces, but that's, I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be on public record. So, right, shall I, accurate though. shall I just give you a score before you get I feel like you need to save me late. before I ruin my, my reputation any further. I'm going to give you before a 9.3. Before I soil 3. my reputation any further. <laughs> oh, dear God. Wait, wait, wait 9.3, 9.3, 9.3. 9.3? Yeah, I heard I the it. three when I spoke over you and I was like, he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not giving me a three after that laugh. Um, I'll take that. I liked it. That's good. It played to the Lawrence Barreto strengths. I like how I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. That's one of the best. Yeah, for 9.3. One of the best marks ever. Um, Thanks, mate. Um, Well, there you go. Peter Pan jokes. Top tier. Welcome to the Padlock, podcast featuring stories following Formula 1 around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. I'm Nate Saunders, Easy Soldier, general editor at ESPN. <laughs> oh my word. Every time. Every time. How do you not know it's coming now? I just kind no, of I feel like it's going to get old at some point, Nate. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I mean, Never. you've known me lo- long enough, Lawrence, to know that even if it had got old, I'd still do it. So. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Well, along those lines, something that never gets old, and we still make you do, is this. If you've only got one minute to spare, want to know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, because we got you. Here's Nate with the 60-second review. So full disclosure, uh, I'm going to need need an actual timer. Okay, yeah. Because full disclosure. I'll I'll count you down from... I haven't properly done this. This, Actually, you know what? I'm going to do it this side, because I need to... Check the results. One second. Let's fill some content. Fill some time. Oh, I'm going to start nice doing these live, I've decided, as of now. <laughs> and then next week you'll decide. Actually, probably not. <laughs> next week I'm going to pre-record all of them. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> for the full season. For the full season. 60 seconds of guessing. Um, Come on, okay. stop stalling, Nate. Come on, stop stalling. Right. Okay, let's. here's the 60-second review of the Abdab Chipper. Go on, hit me. Hit me. Give me a time. There we go. First position, Max Verstappen. I mean, a bit dull now, isn't it? Charles Leclerc in second. Sergio Perez in third. The diligent teammate of Max Verstappen. Shame that um, he he was a bad teammate all season because, uh, you know, he deserved, he didn't deserve second, did he? Carlos Sainz in fourth. George Russell, Georgie Boy in fifth. Lando Norris, fantastic in, in sixth. Ocon, seventh. Ocon and Alonso, spicy. Uh, Stroll was there. I've got to stop saying Stroll was there because he's often there in the points. Danny Rick in ninth. Is that his last race ever, lads? Don't know. Tenth position. I'm going to spend half an hour, half an hour, half a minute talking about this man, Sebastian Vettel. Everybody's favorite German. Everybody's favorite four-time world champion. I've always loved Vettel, definitely. Even when he was at Red Bull, I absolutely loved him then. Um, I, you know what I'm not going to miss? is his hair. His hair's silly. Everything else about him I'll miss. So that's good. Uh, and then there were, there were non-points finishers as well. And that's a minute. Very nicely done. <laughs> uh, Tremendous that quite, work. That was quite, that was quite succinct. Um, but yeah. I mean, that, what's wrong with Sebastian Vettel's hair? I like the Bjorn It's just look. all over the place, isn't it? Come on. He's a grown man. He can't <laughs> walk around with that hairband. I'm sorry. You're not, tw- you're not, you're not 18. Your name's I not think Chad. he looks cool. I mean. <laughs> Your name's not Chad. <laughs> <laughs> There's the show title for you right there. Um, yeah, I just I, come on. Like it was, it was getting wilder and wilder over the season. He's really leaning into the environmental activist like look, isn't he? You know, like you never see, you very rarely see an environmental activist who's like, you know, got a very like hair like you two, you know, very prim and proper, well shaven, you know, clean shaven. It's always, it's always like, no, I've just rolled out of bed, kind of look. Maybe, maybe that's what you need to save the world. And I'm all in favour of saving the planet. <laughs> FYI. Just do it. Just, just look a, look a little smarter when you do it. You know, don't wear a hairband <laughs> when when you're telling me to stop to stop spraying deodorant in in you know around just around the air all over the place, which is I think I think the, the main problem. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so hair, no, everything else, yes. For Seb, thoughts. I mean, I can see your logic. Think think it's a bit sad that. His hair has become such a talking point, but that is on him. Uh, it might also be down to jealousy. I will, you know, I'll, <laughs> I will throw that out there as a as a potential explanation. But I, well, you've you've allowed me to say that I got a photo of Seb in his hair uh, before he left Formula he One. Um, although technically after he left Formula One. Although but... I think he's telling his mates he got a picture with you. Yes. Oh, obviously. He's, he's, you know, he's back now, and they're like, "What was the top moment of your career?" He was like, "Top three. Three would probably be Abu Dhabi, twenty ten. Two is probably Brazil, twenty ten, uh, twenty twelve. Number one, well, easy, <laughs> easy actually. I posed with Chris and Jess at the leaving drinks for myself, uh, and it was great. Well, so this is a, this is a very ad hoc esque story because it involves uh, paddock. Uh, shenanigans that Ooh. people didn't get to see but it was Sunday night and I was very busy and I did lots of work because I'm always just too slow doing my work so I saw Seb do his Instagram live where he was telling people sort of how they can help the world and that he hopes to use his platform still to say that sort of thing and it was all very nice but when he signed off I thought oh that's it 
he's probably leaving like the paddock and i was still working at my desk so i'm like i'm not gonna um not gonna see him and i hadn't been able to sort of shake his hand and say well done on a great career because you kind of want to do that like when you've followed someone for so long um reporters on them all that time and stuff and you know it just feels polite to um congratulate them especially after four world titles i mean come on so um yeah i was like oh that's a shame but then mr bretto here in his continuous wisdom was like screw doing your work come down to this garage in the paddock where there's a party going on and i said when i'm finished i will which is exactly what i did so jess was off recording a podcast i went down and joined um Barreto in garage 34 was it called 42 40 30? something yeah, yeah. <laughs> a garage 54 whatever um and it was is it's the number the is the number relevant is it gonna come back in the story? no that was completely wasted okay good uh, time um so it's just like one of the pit garages just long long thin space it's got a bar in it and uh had a dj set where uh Bretto, you were bopping around weren't you to rudimental rudimental arrived? yeah, yeah. Nice. i mean this makes it sound like i was enjoying myself for the whole evening Whereas I had just finished my work and gone down. I did notice there was no content on the F1 website or YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, um, please please come back later. (laughs) (laughs) I've done anything. Be right back. (laughs) You'll never Um, guess what's coming tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So I went down there, grabbed a beer, and I was like, like everyone else had been down there for a little bit longer um, because they'd finished their work earlier. So a few drinks further along. And you know when you walk into that sort of environment where you're a bit behind, it's just a bit like awkward. So I'd had one beer and I was like, I'm going to head back. I've got some more work I could finish off. And um, yeah, I'm probably not in the right uh, headspace right now. And just I went to leave. Uh, some guy called Sebastian Vettel walked in with two guys from Aston Martin. So I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll at least get to say, you know, congrats to Seb before I go. Uh, and I caught his eye. So I was like, yeah, good. I'll walk over. And as soon as I started to move over, he just disappeared behind the bar with these two Aston Martin guys. It's obviously something that's more important, which I then found uh, about five minutes later where I decided I'm not going to hang around any longer uh, and went to leave for a second time was tequila was more important. And I walked outside to find the Aston Martin mechanics with boxes of tequila under their arms that they were borrowing from the garage uh and seb arm in arm with lando singing sweet caroline in the middle of the paddock so that was fun brilliant but again didn't get to approach him there it, it settle in it's a long story sorry Nate. Uh, so then right. then we go to back we're walking back and seb's by now outside aston martin with a bit of a group of people which is where the sort of one of his first after parties was going on um and that's why they'd gone to get tequila i think because they'd run a bit low on stocks and he posed with some other journalists for a photo and, and Beretto and I were like, right, I can go and approach him now. Like he's doing that sort of thing. I can go and say, well done. And Beretto's like, we'll get a photo. We'll get a selfie with him um, before we go anywhere. So we walk over and we're just about to approach him. And a friend of his, I believe, um, appears from the upstairs party and says his name. And he's like, oh, and disappears with them. So we're stood there like numpties. So at that point, I'm like, right, what a write off. Like could have been really cool. Never mind, not going to pester these people when they're trying to have a good time. So I finished work and left, and I told Jess this story, and I think Luke was with us, and we're walking off. I was like, yeah, it looked a bit stupid. I kept going up to him and then being, like, shunned. And as we left the circuit, and we're outside one of the hotels opposite the track, who was there, just chinwagging away with someone else he knew, but Sebastian Vettel again. At which point I was like, screw this. Like, he's, he's just in my way all the time. So I went and got him, um, and did get to speak to him and shake his hand. And what was really cute was that he was... Um, really chatty about different things that are important in life and we actually talked about dogs for a little bit because i said about you know he said he wanted to spend time at home with family and the dogs and how he's really looking forward to just being around those things that you don't get time to spend 
uh, with when you're on the road all the time. Uh, and I said something similar. I was like, oh, my fiance and I uh, have a have a dog. And I pointed to Jess. And he's like, she's your fiance. And just shoved me out the way and walked straight over to her and gave her a massive hug because he's done some work with, with uh, Jess before. So he was then chatting to Luke and Jess for a while and then we got a photo. So it was a very nice end to the evening. And then he disappeared into the hotel and, and had a big old party. See, that is the type of meta story that we need more of on the pad hoc. There wasn't yeah. any golf chat. There was nothing. It was great. Can, um, when you were talking, what was the most interesting thing Seb said or the th- thing that you were like, oh, that's, I didn't expect to hear you say that when you were chatting to him outside the hotel? It was it was generally that um, bit about wanting to spend time with the dogs. He said when you turn, he said when you turn thirty, your priorities really start to change, and you start to miss like the little things in life a bit more um, that other people are getting as more normality. And he said something as simple as just going home to the dog like really excites me now, and that's what led me to be like, yeah, we've got a dog. Uh, but also then he was still very, you know, he said that he'd been having a good time because i did ask if it was okay to do a photo i didn't want to just ambush him and he's like yeah absolutely he's like but i'm in this crazy aztec shirt and he said and i've been having a bit of fun i was like it's absolutely fine um but then even with that he remembered that he's heading to the autosport awards on sunday so he was talking to jess and luke about that like and he brought it up they didn't mention it he's like oh because he went to say bye he's like oh, i'll see you guys in a couple of weeks anyway when i uh in london so and then made a few requests about some things he'd like that were just nice touches over the evening so he still had that kind of uh, frame of mind even though he was I mean he was bouncing from party to party I, I, he was having the best time and just giving everyone his time as well and it didn't look like a burden to him so I thought that was really really cool yeah you got that vibe from watching it on TV that he was genuinely having a good time because a lot of the time it's like oh I'm leaving I'm leaving but it seemed like he was just like no this is great like I'm not that sad to be like he's not sad to be leaving um, but yeah no nice one when is he back any... though? I don't know Audi maybe but I think I feel like Seb's the kind of Seb. If you look at Seb like versus Alonso, Alonso was always going to come back because he's like, oh, I need to come back. Like my legacy, like you know, like his legacy, his legacy, whatever. I don't think Seb really cares that much. I think he's, I think he's genuinely in a point where he's like, if it doesn't happen again, that's fine. And maybe he'll he'll enjoy spending his time with the dog so much and the kids so much. He'll be like, nah, don't want to come back. I feel like his mind when it when it's when it changes, that mindset, he'll be like, I don't need to go back. Like he's done it all. What do you reckon, Lawrence? Um, I think if the right thing comes along, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he'll ever come back driving, but I think if the right job comes back and not in the media, I don't think he'll fancy that. But if he comes back at a team, I think he might do it. But I, I agree. I don't think he's like Alonso, whereas Alonso's desperate to stay in Formula 1 for the rest of his life, I think. So I think they're completely, I think they're completely opposite on that score. But I, I reckon this next year is quite important because Seb will find out quite quickly i think whether or not he likes being away from motorsport yeah um for a prolonged amount of time um and then obviously when his kids are older then it life changes again doesn't it and he might then find you know i know 10 years time that he might want to come back and maybe not commit to all of the races but find something that he can do to still thing, be involved and the thing was said yeah i feel like him at, him at ferrari in some capacity i can see that thing with Seb as well that's interesting with like with with Kimmy we always like Robert Robin Raikkonen was always in the paddock wasn't he it was like Robin Robin and then we saw when Robin went karting for the first time for all we know Seb's got like he's got two kids three kids it's three, three isn't it? I think three, three. Yeah. But he's so but he's so he's been so good at keeping all of that really private and for all we know he's got three absolute racing sensations on his hands hands at home and they're just he's like yeah these, <laughs> these kids are just going to dominate racing for, uh, you know unlikely but he could have 
he could have you know a child that is that is in racing as well so um i think he'll be back what i like about that actually and you say that i'm sure that he's got at least i think two girls if not all three girls um three girls yeah yeah but you know seb as well as the type of guy that's going to be like anything you want to do like yeah. any any avenue you want to explore for your future so he'll say like if you want to try racing because i did racing and i know that world try it he won't be someone who thinks oh you don't really push girls in that direction or whatever he i reckon he'll be really open on that which is gonna be great for them but um yeah who knows maybe that'll be our next female formula one world champion will be a vettel that'd be a cool story hopefully that'd well, be a I great mean, hopefully, story hopefully we don't have to wait that long to be talking about a you know a, <laughs> yeah, true. a woman in f1 but i get what you mean yeah um yeah there you go. So no pressure on the vessel, the vessel <laughs> with an asterisk there, because we're not sure if it is three daughters, but pretty sure. Yeah. And and um, we've also just said that if while that's going on, Seb is going to then run Ferrari, right? <laughs> yeah. With his with his daughters, all all three of them at the team <laughs> racing, they're going to yeah. change the rules just for them. They'll be like, right, we race as a team or not at all. What an, what an alternate future this is for F one. Yeah. <laughs> we've created but quite. But quite a nice segue into Ferrari, Meadows. Oh, there you go. Because oh. there was some, some news, some news, some news. Guys, what do you think of Mattia Binotto resigning? Well, resigning. Yes, yeah, exactly <laughs> that. He was he was made to walk the plank, wasn't he? And then when he got to the end, he was like, this is my decision. <laughs> I'm doing this voluntarily. And then he took the plunge. Um, I mean, not very surprising, is it? Let's be honest. Um, do you reckon when he handed in his letter of resignation it was it ever actually left the hands of the person that first gave it to him to hand back to them <laughs> yeah it was on those where they, they put it in his hands and they said ah oh, Matia and they just took it straight back like thank you yeah. very much Matia that's yeah, so nice accept. of you to you know hon- honourable you honourable man I think it's the wrong thing for Ferrari I think Ooh. they've I, I don't think that should have happened at all I, I get that, that yeah we, I've, I've given them a lot of stick for um errors made this season and it's frustrating with Ferrari because a lot of them are repeat errors and you're like when are they going to learn or make changes but like Bonotto doesn't call the strategy Bonotto doesn't sign off on or you know um, finalize the reliability details of the power unit and he doesn't now like design the car but okay he's got a hand in everything and he oversees everything but it's people below that are making those those moves and um, decisions and really that he has to entrust with stuff and under him when when he took over, it was start of twenty nineteen, wasn't it? So everything was already finalised with that car, and by the end of that year, the FIA clamped down and they were screwed essentially. So then twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, he had to try and turn that round, and for this year did to the extent that they were as quick as anyone and as reliable as anyone for those first three races. Like Ferrari looked great, but because they looked great, everyone went Ferrari should walk this season, and when they didn't. It looked like a huge catastrophe. Now, they should have done a lot better, yes, but they'd still made big improvements under him over the last three years. So to then, off the back of probably your biggest step forward for someone out, to me, is an error. I think it's no coincidence that like the likes of uh, Wolf and Horner have been in such a long time and they are the two teams that have won all of the championships since 2010. So... I, I just think that Ferrari really needed to learn from that and go, okay, we're not happy with this season. We want to see things change. But Bonotto had shown enough forward movement in other areas that you kind of have to, te- you know, tell him he needs to do better, but you need to give him the time to make that happen because F1 isn't like football where you can change it overnight. Nate, you look like you disagree. Yeah, make him walk the plank. Throw him overboard. <laughs> I um, I get what you're saying, Meadows, but at the same time, you know, the leader of a team 
everything goes through you, you know. Um, I think they need to change a lot more than just Bonotto. But it seems like Bonotto, it seems like Ferrari don't really trust, like the guys above him don't really seem to have the faith in him. Um, and I think I think anybody who says there's no reason why we can't win the last 10 races of the season and then your team doesn't win a single one of those races, I feel like that alone is a sackable offence. That's such a bad quote. That's a quote that I, I know what he was trying to say. I get what he was trying to say. He's like, there's no reason... There's no reason why, and he was right. There, there wasn't a reason why, other than the fact that Red Bull were very, very good, and Mercedes could win a race that they couldn't. Um, but I don't know. I think it. I think the main reason they've done it is because I think Charles probably is looking at the team like, you know, if the big things don't change here, then I'm going to go. That's. I, I think that's probably why Fred is the the front runner, right? Because he's worked with him before. I have. I have this. I have this perception of. I've I've always had this theory, right, about about sports, about jobs. I think everybody always gets promoted one job above where they should end up, and I think Bonotto is a great example of that. He probably is a very very good manager behind the scenes of different things, but putting him in, as team boss in, in charge of everything, you know that that race operation just <laughs> just didn't work properly, and that's on him. Even if it is the strategist making calls, like he's the person who has to look at. Like one of the reasons Wolf is so good is because when they if Mercedes finished fourth when they were dominating, he'd be like, right, this is the worst day that's ever, you know, he'd, he'd always come out with some insane quote, wouldn't he? Where he's like, we're at the, we're at the, we're at the bottom of the well, you know, and Lassie is nowhere to be found. <laughs> you know, like Lassie is not coming to save us today. And it's like, oh my God, you finished fifth, mate. Like, you're fine. You know, but he would be like, and he'd be like, you know, <laughs> we have been in the doldrums today. And it's like, mate, like that's so over the top. But the next race they'd come back and they'd absolutely dominate because they'd, they'd looked at, they'd looked at every single thing that went wrong. You know, they'd fix things, they'd move things around, and they got better. You just felt that with every mistake Ferrari made, they didn't improve off the back of it. They actually kind of seemed to get weaker rather than get stronger. Because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes, I don't think, in sport. But if you keep making them, you have to look at it and be like, well, actually, this is us. You know. So yeah. So it's a, a long-winded way of saying brutal, Nate. But but it's it was, it's good. That was like a like an actual like clippable comment there of like there's nothing wrong making mistakes in sport people are going to quote you for years mate, the back <laughs> yeah, of that. yeah but but what i like is i think Barreto's going to sit somewhere in the middle of this without any of us planning it out <laughs> no i actually what's the I f1 think... line lawrence <laughs> no. we, respect, we respect his we respect him for everything he's done no this is my future. line this is my line Nate. sorry mate go, go. <laughs> another clip um i think Ultimately, Binotto is too nice. I think he was just too much of a nice person. And I think in one way that made him a good boss because I think people like working for him. And I think that made a lot of things good in the company. I think they kind of started to get rid of that no no blame culture. But I think because he was too nice, he wasn't hard enough on the people who were making mistakes. And I think he let things slide too often. I think that he was way too nice in public. You know, he never wanted to criticise anyone and then even behind the scenes didn't go and criticize anyone and I think because of that it's hurt him and it's kind of undone all of the good work that he's done up until this point um but I also feel for him because I think ever since the senior management came in after Lewis Camilleri I just don't think he ever had the support Mm. and I think in that job in Ferrari when you've got so many people coming at you internally externally it's so political I think it's quite hard for him it was quite hard for him to try and do the job that he wanted to do. And I still think he's done, I'm with Medland on the side of things that, you know, what he's done is better. Like they are much better than where they were. Like you can't deny that. And then unless you've got like an overwhelming, 
um, idea for who's going to replace him and then a, a grand plan for I'm going to get this guy in or this girl in and then I'm going to put this person here and I'm going to change this, which they don't. They don't yeah, have that, a plan. So that's what true. It, like I, it doesn't make any sense to get rid of it. I just don't get it. I just that, don't understand. That bit I completely agree with you with. Like It is just like, we'll get rid of him and then things will be fine. And when they were like, we hopefully will have a new one in the new year, it's like, guys, surely you know who you're replacing him with. you know. So that I agree with. But I think, and yeah, probably the best Ferrari car we've seen for, what, 10 years? Probably. Well, yeah. 2018 no, was yeah. pretty good. But like, so that, that's I, I think fundamentally it. it was better than 2018. I think you're right. I think it's the best one we've seen for 10 years. And if they'd actually mm. got the best out of it, it could have been even better. So, yeah. And that's um, the hardest bit to do is, is to deliver the car. Yeah, right. maybe Ferrari yeah. doesn't. Maybe Ferrari needs just to operate differently, you know. No, not have a single person who is, you know. I I know we always make fun of like Alpine having like fifty five thousand people leading the team, but Ferrari it might suit to have that sort of situation. I you agree. Know, I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but you know the Roman Senate was pretty successful, wasn't it? <laughs> <did>. So, <laughs> so maybe do that. They don't have to wear the robes, but you could have something similar. Oh, they should. Oh, that would be. Can you imagine? It's like here's our new team kit, and it's just. Bonotto, well, it wouldn't be Bonotto anymore. Sorry, uh, v- Vasseur in a robe. Oh wow, that'd be a that's an image. That's an image, isn't it? Vasseur in a robe. Anybody? Uh, so okay, well maybe maybe Ferrari shouldn't listen to me on the on the robes thing. Let me polish that out ahead of the new season. Uh, but I'm 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 on board with getting rid of Benot. Benot. I mean, Benalto. in a sense. That makes you the only smart one here because that's exactly what happened. So therefore, well, <laughs> but, at the same, but at the same time, we don't know if it's a good decision or not yet. So um, no, and I think a big part yeah. of that actually comes next year. I, I, you know, without doing all the plugging all the time, but I wrote about that on Motorsport Mag this week that it next year, if Ferrari is still right up there and kind of winning races during the season, and and the big three remain the big three, um, rather than they slip back a bit behind Merck as they look like they had and Red Bull stay dominant, then. If if they're still winning regularly or even just winning some races, that's a good foundation they've got then. They've created a platform where they're, they're up there and they've got the ability to work on the other things. And that's all on Bonotto because he's done the work up to now. Like, you know, anything that someone new comes in and does from January doesn't really impact that. Maybe some personnel changes, you could talk about the way the team operates. Yes, but that's the sort of thing, again, that someone like Bonotto, I feel, could have done. Uh, maybe we are asking for a bit more direction from even higher up to say to him as as Bretto says look you you you're not making enough changes you're not you're not being harsh enough on failure um we want to see that change and you know potentially that was said to him previously and he hasn't followed through and that's another reason why they lost faith but i just feel like he's set them up for what should be a good era with this this car and this set of regulations and should have been allowed to then try and improve on that from the much better base they had flip side if they do slip back, if next year's car doesn't keep up and, you know, for example, the power unit with reliability issues actually isn't as strong as Merck or Red Bull, Honda um, and Alpine, then then you can actually still point the finger at him. Like we won't actually know um, and it, until the start of next season whether actually this was their one shot of getting something right and, and it was just a flash in the pan. So uh, there is always that caveat that it's easy to make the comments now within a few days of him actually leaving but until you see how what the impact has been or his impact was on the team for next year then it's probably a bit bit tricky to really firmly call it so what you're saying is ferrari are doomed without <laughs> not if you read it here first that's what i that's what i heard you say 
And Lawrence said even worse. He said, the official line of F1, Ferrari <laughs> have bottled it. They have absolutely thrown away their legacy. Uh, cool. No, it's good to know where you guys stand. Um, I'm pro Bonato. You guys are anti Bonato. That's what you that's what you wanted to go with the first time, wasn't it? I noticed that. You kind of Yeah, I did. You yeah. said, you no, said I, it. I, I, I stuttered. I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely I made fun of Lawrence for choking and bottling it under pressure, but I did that earlier. That's okay, Nate. Um, it's the end of the season. You're tired. Thanks, mate. You no, know, it is. I, I needed that. I needed that. It's been a long old slog, hasn't it? Uh, long old long old funny old slog. <laughs> it has been so, so long and funny that we didn't even get to do this recording until a week after getting back from Abu Dhabi. Because some of us were troopers. By some of us, I mean me. Stayed for the test. <sighs> Barreto was off. Well done, holidaying. You. What were you? What, what were you even off doing, Barreto? When I was Barreto wasn't doing much. Was run it? the test. Yeah. Where did you I was, go? I was holidaying in Dubai. Uh, Holiday, chaps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, what, I was holiday. What would you say was the best moment of your holiday? But the, the most. Uh, okay. It was structured around one moment, Nate. One moment. Yeah. Um, I proposed to my girlfriend, Nate, who's now my fiance. So there you go. I've given the end of the story. Oh, away. you were in the story. <laughs> gave it away. You, the, any suspense the audience had is gone. You could have been like, I proposed to my girlfriend, and uh, you know, pending, pending yeah. answer, yeah. ten days yeah, on. Yeah, get done. Having a recount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the nego- we're in negotiations over like like the FIA with with Red Bull. Uh, mate, congratulations though. That is awesome news. Um, Thank you, Faber. Talk us through. I know this is something that that people like to do. Talk us through the proposal. Step by step, planning, um, execution, <laughs> and reception. Go. Yes. Was it Ferrari esque? Was it? Would you like to be my wife? Question. <laughs> no. Oh God, no! <laughs> God, that would have been fantastic. She she would have needed to know a lot more Formula One to like. She was at the race, wasn't she? Well, she was. So, oh, so okay, yeah, she? Sabrina came. Yeah, Sabrina came on race. Well, Sabrina's day. not like a super hardcore fan. Is my point right? Um, not at all. Other end of the spectrum. <clears throat> so probably knows all about Formula One from since she met me. So, um, it was six months in the planning, the proposal, um, because I, um, designed, um, the ring and the necklace that I got, uh, myself. So I drew it out. Ring and the necklace? Yeah, Yeah. because, um, Sabrina won't be able to wear the ring at work because she's a doctor, but Uh, she can always wear the necklace. So the necklace is the same. I was about to, I was about to roast you for that, but that's very sweet of you. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah. Quite annoyingly nice. You know, that's 10, 10 out of 10. 10 oh, out of 10 look, already. You look so disappointed, Nate. I was about to jump in like, that's silly. Yeah. Why did you do that? And then you were like, no, this is a really lovely reason. So, Couldn't she wear the ring on a necklace? So we're also going to get a clip that she could also wear the ring around the necklace oh. as well. That's so you didn't, need to, you didn't need to Not get all of this out. Um, I, I wanted to do this thing. <laughs> I wanted to. Jesus, Medis. <laughs> Trying to ruin a nice thing. Never. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was the biggest part of the planning. And then the proposal took place in Dubai at the W Dubai Mina Sia. They were really good, that hotel. Um, so we gave, they gave me a room at the top of the hotel with a balcony overlooking the sunset. So at sunset, I asked Sabrina to pose looking at the sunset, looking away. And I was taking some photos of her. And then I said, all right, I'm all done. And when she turned around, I was done on one knee. Wow. And then I. You should have then been like, sorry, I'm just trying to get a good angle. <laughs> 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 oh, mate, that sounds, um, that And then, yeah, proposed. She said yes, although she says now that she can't remember what I said in the moment. <clears throat> Can confirm that's uh, universal because I did dinner with a friend of mine who got engaged about 
two months ago uh, on Saturday night and his fiance said the same thing and Jess said the same. They don't remember anything of that moment once you've asked. It's just like blind panic. How do I get out of here? So- <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do on the balcony, right? There's, there's very little <laughs> There's nowhere to go. <laughs> it's very smart. Yeah, that's why I did it at the top of Pigeon Island. <laughs> I'll get down quickly. Can't this top is a good, Pigeon Island. Add some jeopardy. Um, no, that's very or to, or to women that are going to propose, just think of the exit plan that your guy might have. Don't just don't go to Pigeon Island or to a balcony. Um, I was I was fully intending to to roast you a little bit and just be like that. That sounds sounds a bit rubbish, but it sounds fantastic. Um, good Thanks, job, mate. mate. Um, Thank you. When you you said so, did you have to tell the hotel what you were planning when you booked like? Yeah, so I told. You. Yeah, I told that I gave them an itinerary of what my plan was, so they That's, know when. That is so you. I love that. <laughs> Were they, so they really knew. obvious about it when you checked in? Were they like, "Hello, Mister Barretto," and who's this lovely lady? Is this Mrs. Barretto? And you're like, "No." <laughs> so they like, were really would, nice. They I were really nice that. about it. But four separate people came up over during the the point of check in to just say hi to me and introduce themselves to me and uh so that probably gave so something like what the, who is this man i'm, I'm dating That's i mean she had been at the abu dhabi grand prix where he is a big deal and so that stopped multiple times so so i think that kind of helped but she did i think she did at that point suspect that something was up but um, um, they were very good they didn't reveal anything and i and why, kind of why somehow else would, kept my sorry why else would she suspect something was up lawrence how good were you at keeping the secret uh, before not, doing it? Not very good at all. <laughs> oh, wait, you told people? I, t- yeah, I, t- I told my close personal friends. I didn't know. <laughs> One of who? <laughs> yes, you did. What are you chatting no, about? No, I did. I did not. I'm just trying to make. I'm just trying, trying to make listeners think that we're falling out. <laughs> but one of your close personal friends, yes. very nearly. Well, oh well, she did. She gave it away. Mia, who <laughs> her works with Charles. Um, she, we got, I met her at the back of the garage and she came out quite flustered and then she I introduced her to Sabrina and she was like oh Sabrina congratulations on your engagement this was two days before the engagement and I was like oh god no <laughs> and, Sabrina, <laughs> and Sabrina's like what are you talking about and I was like what are you talking about and she was like oh I meant your sister I was like oh no I can't lie about that can I because Sabrina knows my sister so she's like she's like so I can't say yeah that was it so I was like nope that's not it It must be someone else and she was like oh yeah oh yeah I must have just got confused with someone else but oh it's the end of the season and then we kind of ended that very in quickly. F1 you can just about get away with that you're like oh so yeah no sorry must be someone else I once I once um I'm not gonna say who it was but in like 2018 at Abu Dhabi I went up to someone I was like hey how you doing I'm so sorry to hear that you're you're leaving and they looked at me like what <laughs> You're leaving, aren't you? I, that's what someone told me. And then they were like, not that I know of. And I was like, oh, well, cool. Well, I'm glad you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I don't know why it was in my head that somebody else was leaving another team, I think. And I just heard. Just got confused. <clears throat> yeah. And they were like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. And they looked a bit like, have they heard something? Am I being fired? I was like, look, I haven't heard anything. I just, for some reason, thought that. And then I like, scurried off. And three um, days later, they were fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now he was never seen again. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but uh, you were you were half onto something there about the panic. Uh, that's okay because like there'd been a few moments when I'd introduced Sabrina to other people where I'd got confused and they'd got confused. So like there was enough like end of season um, 
melee that kind of we just about got away with it but it's actually turned into a funny story now so uh, sabrina um, said she had an idea or yeah so she thought she, I, I was really good i think in that she said i wasn't weird right up until the day and they're not weird but like she just said that on the actual day itself that like i was being really relaxed about everything like because I, I said that i've got this day planned but i was being super relaxed which is actually very unlike me because i like I was, everything yeah. to go right <laughs> I was literally about to say, in, in the night, so possible. Like you're so good at you're so good at running to schedule that I would have been like, what's what's happening, Lawrence? Why, why are you why are you being weird? So I think we were down by we were down by the pool, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if we don't make it back up to the room by sunset. It doesn't matter. And she said to me afterwards, she was like, that's weird because <laughs> like <laughs> you'd planned to do that, and you were saying it doesn't matter. So something is strange. So I think that she, I think she'd had a couple of things. We talked about marriage before, so. Um, it wasn't like an ultimate surprise, but she honestly didn't think that I would have taken the ring to Abu Dhabi because she thought I'd be too stressed. Again, another thing that I would do. So there was a few things that she wasn't quite sure about. So And she was right because you did a ridiculous travel schedule from Brazil home before going to Abu Dhabi because you wouldn't take the ring to two countries. Yeah, because I didn't want to carry it through Brazil. So thanks to Michelle, my wonderful travel manager who sorted that out. So I came back to Brazil from Brazil, uh, picked it up, and then flew back out to Abu Dhabi the next day. The life you lead. My, so, uh, my fabulous... I mean, shout out to Michelle for the whole year. The <laughs> yeah, life very you much. Lead, so. You're like, oh, my fabulous travel manager just sorted me out so I could pick up my ring for my Dubai proposal. <laughs> like <laughs> Over sunset in Dubai. <laughs> what happened to us just got like scraping by on like weird sports desks just trying to... You're living the best London. life, so I'm not giving you any sympathy. Oh, exactly. I'm more like that that Paul Rudd kind of look at us kind of uh skip. Hey. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? So yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Uh we went to we had the seafood dinner on a pier uh restaurant out in um Dubai as well, Pier Chic, which was awesome. And then we had a drink on the rooftop. So every holiday we've ever gone on, we've always gone to a rooftop bar. So the last thing we did was like a drink on a rooftop bar. Overlooking the palm, which was nice. Um, and then that was it, really. Here we are, back in the UK. Well, now um, I know why you uh, you sent your, I don't know what I can describe them as, but your Greg uh, to Aston Martin last Friday Greg. to see their factory oh. because uh, you obviously were too important and too on holiday to be um, sticking on some builder's boots and walking around a construction site. But yeah, You're I definitely, definitely <laughs> would have loved to have come to uh, Aston Martin. Uh, to can we call him your Greg now? Or <laughs> yeah. old, old Greg? Remember um, Mighty Bush, the Moon? I'm, I'm old Greg. I know it wasn't the Moon, was it? But there was an old Greg in there. Shout out to anyone who's seen Mighty Bush. There was a sea seafaring man called old old Greg. Well, old Greg then. Old Greg was there. He was um, hungover horrifically uh, which was hilarious <laughs> but, because it was a very cool day we got to see their new factory being built and get shown around and uh, do some interviews with uh, mike crack and dan fallows and then we got <laughs> sh- <laughs> i knew you'd do that <laughs> dan fallows is not a funny name uh, so then we got a shuttle a minibus to a pub for lunch and sat in the back of this minibus through country lanes greg was struggling oh uh, no but we also we got there and i we, i was told sh- we'd be leaving this pub at three you know what I'm like for timing. I was on time to get there, on time with the trains, everything like that. And they said shuttles were at three. So I had lined up a train to go home at 20 past three. And there wasn't another one for another hour. But we didn't really kind of sit down until quarter past two in the pub. Oh, wow. And 
the starter still hadn't come around at about 20 to 3 when they said I needed to leave at quarter 2 in the shuttle to get the train I needed. So I basically went for the work part and then when everyone sat down to have a lovely lunch, which looked beautiful, uh, I got up and said sorry and left. No, you missed the Michelin star food. I did. No, I was gutted I didn't go. That was... I did. <sighs> didn't get invited. So That's all right. Well, ESPN did get invited. Mr. Lawrence Emerson was there. but um, He was. He ate my lamb. <laughs> Hang on, he had two dinners. <laughs> he tried it at least. Yeah, he was sat. Wow. I was sat two down from him, so he, I think he was like, "I'll have a bit of that." <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was. Uh, I can hear the tiny violins being played by all of our listeners. That are like, yeah. yeah, it just sounds. It sounds horrific that you had to go through such an ordeal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very very difficult to get to get too much sympathy. But I I can I can sympathise with that. Thank you, Nate. With that, you know, that is quite. That's a very that's a very typical F one thing where they say we'll definitely sit down at this time, and. You're like, no, that's not that's not actually going to happen. So, yeah. to be honest, you were too trusting in the in the in the itinerary. That was your issue. But also, you, Medus, of all people, should know that running on time <laughs> isn't very. Medus is a very optimistic grasp of time. Yes. So, so Medus, sometimes you will you will be like, I've got three minutes to get across town, <laughs> or I could I... give it an hour and three minutes <laughs> to get across town. I'm going to pick the option in three minutes' time. <laughs> And you're like, it'll be fine. I will we'll do it. And it's even if it's categorically impossible. Um, I would have taken the later train, but I'd actually booked that earlier one because the dog had a vet's appointment, which I then Monty. because we were out. Yeah, it was it was Monty's fault. But then because we were out in the sticks, beautiful pub in Oxfordshire, but no signal. I couldn't get through to change it. So yeah, I kind of it all it all snowballed. And in the end, I missed the train I needed anyway because traffic was so bad. Oh no. So I had to get dropped at a different station, which I managed to suss out quickly and save the guy some time and get a different train from there, which everyone else then had to do, which was the good part of my story. The bad part was because I'd taken the bus driver to drop me off early and there was traffic that was bad. It was tough getting back and some people also missed their trains because the shuttle wasn't back yet. So <laughs> that went really well. Um, but it was really cool to see that factory actually. Massive. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that at another time because otherwise we'll just never stop talking. That's about good off-season content. Exactly. We'll do some content. off-season, won't we? I'm content uh, that that's good off-season content. What is your off-season looking like, Nathaniel? That's a good question. Um, I was saying to Lawrence yesterday, I don't know yet, but I've got two weeks in January where I'm going to, very late notice, just fly somewhere on a plane. I'm not, you know, I'm not planning to <laughs> grow wings before then. Uh, probably oh. around the NFL season. Uh, the playoffs, but um, not sure yet. So some, so somewhere being America, somewhere almost certainly being the east coast of America and Buffalo <laughs> <laughs> or Miami, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those two. Uh, or ta- I mean Tampa, but let's be honest, Tampa aren't getting that far into the playoffs, sadly. So one of those two. What about you two? Oh, you have little faith. Um, pretty quiet for me. I'm ideally going to aim not to get on a plane for most of the time over the next few months. Uh, just going to stick around home. I know that sounds really dull, but I'm just going to stick no, around. I'm doing hopefully, see, hopefully see you guys anyway at some point in, in the flesh. Um, sorry, Nate, going to play some golf at Meadows. That's fine. Um, yeah. no, you guys but also, want to, but I do want to come to Redden to try a burger you've been talking about for about two years. Yes. So I'm quite keen well, to, to do that. Fair, you first <laughs> mentioned it, and then I'm now just pretending that I've had it lots. I've had it good. once. It was very good. But um, you should come and try it. It's probably the best. So that is I've on the schedule. Ever wow. Had. Yeah. Uh, that's I, what... I might try and piggyback off that. Do it. That sounds mm-hmm. cool. Do it. Yeah. We could. We could well, do a live we can episode do a, podcast. a burger joint. Burger yeah, day. Exactly. Burger episode. Yeah. Oh my word. 
That sounds good. This does make it sound like, as some people uh, would believe, that we then are just on holiday for the next three months until car launches. But no. uh, we will all be working a lot as well, um, yeah. which is always fun. Uh, but then, yeah, I'm kind of the same, not really going anywhere, other than obviously Christmas. A lot of recording of going to Christmas and things to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got to travel around families and stuff. Uh, and as I'm sure Bretta will start doing as well, Jess and I are looking for wedding venues, which is fun. Uh, so <laughs> we've got to do that. Oh my God, you two um, are like, you could be like dueling wedding. <laughs> Every time Meadows and Jess turn up, Lawrence and Sabrina are like, what, what do they offer? We'll, uh, we'll, be we'll offer a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be better guests than them. Don't you worry about it. No, yeah. sorry, with you could get a bidding war going. That'd be great. Nah, we'll just double no, up to save the money. No, that would be no good for anyone. Double wedding, yeah. apart from the venue. Yeah. <laughs> double wedding is a great idea. Do that. We'll have a sprint, and then we'll have a main wedding. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I might be off to the US as normal in January for Daytona. In which oh, case, wicked. if if Nate is heading to Buffalo or Miami or Tampa, and the schedules allow, maybe I will drop in and see him. Absolutely. But, we will see. So there, that's that's the future. But we'll still talk to people on this podcast, won't we? And just talk rubbish like we normally do around Christmas. Hope so. Yes, definitely. I think so. Cool. Well, that sounds like a good place to end then, guys. I've got Nate smiling at me. I've got Meadows smiling at me. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, not just for this episode, but all year. And for following us on our social channels at The Pad Hop. You can read Nate's work on F1. No, not on F1.com. ESPN.com. Meadows' work on Mason.com and my work on F1.com and we'll do this again very very soon Bye We're smiling at you Network.